0: but but last week we talked about how habits can compound over time that was the main theme the little decisions you make today will determine your habits every little decision that you make is slowly developing you over time and if you make those decisions consistently enough they will become a habit you may not see the you may not see the effects right away for your small decisions but they do compound and, and this is a great example of that. Uh, most of our decisions or most of the decisions you make every day are not true decisions You're, because your brain once it makes a decision enough times it runs an autopilot pilot for, for the for trying to be efficient. Uh, Duke University in uh, 2006 did a study. Uh, where they were where they were testing this and tracking this and they found out that 40% of your actions done on a daily basis are not decisions they are habits that you have formed over time and you're simply running on autopilot so so when you decide w- when you do something every single day you're not actually deciding to do it for example okay every morning i have i have a protein shake Okay, I have two scoops of protein. I have twelve ounces of two of, percent uh, milk. I have a shaker bottle that I use, and, and it's the same thing every morning. To where I don't have to decide what I'm having for breakfast, okay, because it's it's been so embedded into my daily life. The only time I have a uh, something else for breakfast is either when we go to men, or either I go to men's breakfast, or Angel makes something else. Like, if she makes me something, yesterday she made French toast for the ladies' breakfast. It was so wonderful. I had some. It was so good. Okay. But other than that, every single day, I have two scoops of protein with 12 ounces of milk. It sounds kind of boring, but, but that's, that's what happens. Some of you, maybe, maybe you wake up the same way. Maybe you, you wake up, you look at your phone for a little bit, you go take a shower, you get dressed, you, go, you, you say hi to your family, you have breakfast, you go to work, right? Depending upon the day, whether you're off or whether you're working or not, right? But you do a routine every single day. That routine, you're not actually deciding because, because your brain is on autopilot, <laughs> Um, and, and it is important to, have, to make consistently godly decisions because they become your everyday habits. The more consistent you decide to honor God, the easier it becomes, right? When you're, when you're, a, when you're a new Christian, right, it can be overwhelming to, to think, okay, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to go here, and I got to be here, right? Let, let me put you at ease. It does get easier, However, you have to be consistent with it. And we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that a little bit later. okay? But, but the more consistent you are in deciding to choose God every single day, the easier it does get. There will be temptations to sin. There will be temptations to dishonor God. There will be temptations to uh, do what you want to do rather than what God wants you to do. But there is still strength and confidence from the Holy Spirit when you continue to choose God to honor God with your habits. And when we choose to honor God with our habits, we have these great moments, these big moments in our life that, that may seem overwhelming, whether they are good, awesome, great, big moments, or whether they're things like things that terrify us, things that give us fear, things that give us anxiety. Whatever side they're on, when we consistently choose to follow God, when we consistently choose to honor God with our life and build these habits... We will be ready. And the story that we're going to go through today exemplifies that. Our big idea today, if you get anything out of today, please let it be this. Your life is the sum total of all the small decisions you make. Your life is the sum total of all the decisions you make. Okay, so, so what story are we looking at? We're looking at the famous story of Daniel and the lion's den. Um, and he's going to show us what, what, what are the importance of these small decisions, okay? Um, because let's be honest, if we're believers, we should have this desire to want to honor God. We should not want to just coast life and then until we get into heaven and we're like, hey God, I believe in you, I, I accepted Jesus, let me in, right? We shouldn't be doing that. We should be using our life to honor God. God, whatever they are, and some of you might have goals right now, and, and I just want to encourage you today. If you started your New Year's resolution and you're already off the wagon, <laughs> it's fine. Jump back on it. You can get back on the wagon. The I was reading, I was reading, a, I was reading a, or not reading. I was watching an interview uh, with someone, and they said uh, he did he did a huge study um, where they found out that the Day that has the biggest drop-off is not when they're halfway. It's not when they're a quarter way. It's day two. Day two is, has the biggest drop-off of any goal. Now, if you're doing a whole year, day two is fairly quick. Which means you, have, you still have time to jump back on. So please, jump back on. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't think of yourself as a failure. It's progress over perfection, just like we talked about last week. But, but here's what Daniel teaches, and the first point is this. If you want to be great, if you want to have great habits, you have to be different, if you want to be great, you have to be different. Daniel, uh, chapter six, verse three says this: Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire kingdom. So what's going on? So let's give some context here. Okay, so we read in chapter one that that Daniel and his friends right were were taken as exiles. From, from Judah all the way back to Babylon because Babylon had conquered Judah. So they're taking the best and brightest and most awesome people back to Babylon so that they can work for them. Okay? And Daniel and his three friends are one of those people. Okay? And this is when they were teenagers. Okay? And, and, and Daniel, you read about this in chapter 1. He, uh, he's seeing all this food that he can't have based upon uh, what God's law is. And he says, listen, um, give me some kale. And I'll prove that that I'm um, this system is better than whatever system you have. So they did it. Uh, and then they just said, okay, guys, listen, we're taking away all the meat. And you're going to have kale salad for the rest of your life. Yay. Great. Woo. Praise God. Okay. And so, but hey, it honored God. That was the point. That was the point. Okay. The second chapter, we read about how, how Daniel, as a teenager, goes before King Nebuchadnezzar. And, and he interprets King Nebuchadnezzar's dream because Nebuchadnezzar's freaking out because he's a bit of a psychopath, okay? And, and he proves that he has this great ability, okay? And then we meet him again in chapter 6. Now, now, when we first see Daniel, he's a teenager. When we see him in chapter 6, he's like 80, 90 years old. The dude is old. He's like Gandalf, okay? He is old, old, okay? And, and, and over those decades, he's developed this habit of continually relying upon God. And it has afforded him a lot of great opportunities. Okay? When, when it talks about the other administrators, there's 119 other administrators. And the king wants to put him within the top three. And ultimately, he wants to put him as the top advisor because of who he is and his habits. And his habits are based upon him honoring God and 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 using his life to, to not only honor God but bless the position that he is in. Daniel is consistently honoring his life or honoring God with his life. The other advisors, however, are doing the exact opposite. They there's speculation, some scholars speculate, that these advisors are actually stealing from the king. They're actually they're actually siphoning off his wealth for their own benefit. They're lying, they're cheating, there's probably some other hairy things going on. They are not honoring God. They're doing what they want, when they want, how they want, because that's just what they do. Okay, But they're not nearly as successful as Daniel. If you want to be great, you have to be different. You can't do what everyone else is doing and expecting yourself to stand out. Okay. So you shouldn't be surprised when you're around people who are doing kind of the same thing, and, and yet you're deciding to honor God. We should not be surprised. In fact, Jesus time and time again says it in the Gospels that, that you will stand out. People will notice you. In fact, he, he says that people will hate you because they hate me. Right? Right? But, you know, what? our biggest priority as believers is to bring honor and glory to God. And we do that with our habits. If you want to be great, you have to be different. Point number two is this. Not everyone will like your success. Not everyone will like your success. Verse 4 through 5 says this, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Okay, that's the thing that makes him different. He was faithful, he was responsible, and he was trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be connection with the rules of his religion. Okay, So this is like the greatest compliment in the entire Bible, Okay, or at least one of them. These people, all 119 of them, are saying, we can't find a single thing that Daniel covered up. So what we're going to do is we're going to create a scheme where we have to put him against his religion and his obedience to the king. That's the only thing we can do because this guy is so faithful, so trustworthy, and so responsible. We cannot find a single speck of dirt on his record. That's like, if you want anything to be said about you, let it be that, because that's a goal. That's a good reputation to have. So, what they do is they devise this decree where they simply say, hey, listen, King, um, this is what we're going to do, because you're new here. And you want to establish your authority. So this is what we're going to do. This is our idea. We're going to put into law that no one can pray to any other God or deity besides you for 30 days. Now, this is my thing. If you're going to call yourself God, why would you only limit it to 30 days? But anyways, that's what they did. Um, and And so for 30 days, no one can pray to anyone besides you. Okay? And the only person who's not in the room is Daniel. They specifically blocked him out of this meeting. They specifically uh, told him to go do something else or maybe something else had to be more important. Maybe they gave him a rest day. I don't know. But, but he's not in this meeting. The king decides to do it. The king decides to do it. And he falls into these evil people's hands. He signs the decree. He makes it into law. People will sabotage you. Not everyone is going to be excited about your success one of the one of the things that that I find so ironic and 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 whatnot is is whenever someone tries to better themselves, whether it's they're trying to to maybe read their Bible a little more, maybe they're trying to come to church a little bit more consistently maybe they're maybe they're trying to b- become healthy, maybe they're trying to uh handle their budget more, maybe they're trying to be a a better spouse, maybe they're trying to just be an overall nice person, maybe they have a goal to be a better worker right. When, when people start to see you starting to change to become a better person or someone who's more honoring to God, some of them will not like it for several reasons. One, it shows that the, they, may, they may translate it as, oh, well, you just think you're better than everyone, don't you? Two, it shines light on their own inadequacies and their own things that they need to work on right? It's kind of, why would we mess with the status quo? Let's not mess with the status quo. Let's keep everything the same. And then they see you over here rocking it, doing your thing, making yourself better, right? And they're like, why'd they do that? I don't like them. Let's figure out a plan, right? Not everyone will like your success, but here's the, here's the great thing. We don't live for the acceptance or the approval of others, We live for the acceptance that we already have in Christ. There's nothing we can do to earn it. There's nothing we can do to eliminate it. There's nothing in and of ourselves that we can affect the acceptance of God on our life. God gives it to us because we are his creation. We also don't don't earn it because we've done so well. Or look at me, God, look at me, how I did. We can't do it. There's nothing we can do. God bestows upon it, or God gives it to us already because he's God. And we have to really take an evaluation of what our identity is. Remember last week, right? Habits come out of our identity, okay? Our identity is also reinforced by our habits. If we identify a certain way, our habits will, be, will come out of that. So if we, if we decide to identify as a child of God, our habits will fall in line with that. Sometimes, sometimes when, we, when we think that we're not a child of God or we, we identify as something outside of being a child of God, all of a sudden our habits start to shift. Right? If you remember, if you remember last week I talked about how, uh, for example, if you want to quit smoking, don't identify as a smoker. Identify as someone who is quitting smoking, and you'll have a higher chance of being successful. If you wanna, if you wanna lose weight and you wanna, and you wanna, you know, get slim or whatever, okay. Don't identify as someone who is unhealthy. Identify as someone who is working on their health, okay. And so, when we see people starting to sabotage our life, maybe they're trying to tempt us. Maybe they're trying to make fun of us. Maybe they're trying to to make us feel worthless. So we have to find our identity and who we are in Christ before anything else. But don't be surprised that not everyone is going to be your cheerleader. Point number three is this. Consistency won't let you flinch. Consistency won't let you flinch. Let me explain this. Verse 10 says this. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with the windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he always done. This is a habit. This isn't a spur-of-the-moment thing. This isn't like, oh, snap, King Darius has gone crazy. I need to pray. This is after years and years and years of consistency. He has always done this, giving thanks to his God. I love Daniel's approach to this situation because I don't know about you, but I will be flipping out right about now. Daniel's habits did not change whatsoever despite the decree. If we, if we look at it, uh, if we look at what the verse says, he does not complain or show any negative reaction. He doesn't say, ah, oh, stupid King Darius. He doesn't, like, start throwing papers. He doesn't start weeping. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't flinch, okay? Uh, he, he also didn't just run and hide somewhere. He didn't be like, okay, I'm going to go to the next town over. For like 30 days and just pray and protect myself. He doesn't do that either. He does what he has always done. He goes up into his room, he opens the window toward Jerusalem, he kneels down and he prays. He seeks God, he gives thanks to God. Daniel was able to do this because he constantly made the decision to pray. His decision turned into a habit that did not waver under any pressure. He knew the consequences. He knew that if he was caught praying, he was going to be thrown into the lion's den. There was no mystery. There was no like, I didn't know. Like, he knew. He knew exactly what he was doing. And he knew exactly what he was getting into. But he chose to honor God with his habits. That the habits you are forming now are what will be used in the future. They are what is going to either help you or hinder you in these big moments that God places in your life. Will your habits, and and, and this this is an assessment right now, you don't need to say anything out loud, but will your habits help you or hinder you in these moments right now? If you take a sum total of all your habits, all of them, will they help you or will they hinder you? And this is and this is the question that I even ask myself: the habits that I have right now, are they going to help me, or are they going to hinder me? Big moments will come when you least expect it. You won't be able to look at your calendar if you have one, and be like, "Oh, next Thursday, something big's going to happen." Right? You're not gonna. It's not gonna happen. They're gonna come at you when you least expect it. Are your habits going to help you, or are they going to hinder you? So, so what, Pastor John, I get what you're saying. I get what you're trying to communicate. I'm motivated. I want to do something. How do I establish good habits? How do I establish habits that honor God? What do I do? I got three simple things, and then we'll be done. Okay? The first thing is this. And if you were here with us last week, you already know probably what it is. Have a good system in place. <coughs> Have a good system in place. James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits says this, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fail by the level of your systems. And we talked about how every team at the beginning of a season has the same goal, win the championship. But not every team wins because some of their systems are horrible, right? I was watching the playoff games last night. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so for those of you who don't know anything about football, God bless you. Um, but, but, but here's the thing. This was a really bad team that barely got in the playoffs, about up against one of the top teams in the entire league. This team, this team, this good team, was dominating everyone. This other team, eh, good enough, I guess. But last night was different. Last night, this weak team, this team filled with less talented individuals, slaughtered this amazing, great team all night. It was insane. And it wasn't because the players were, I mean, the, if anything, this team should win, right? But, but it wasn't because of the talent, it wasn't because of luck, it wasn't because of this or that or the other thing, it was because that team, the bad team, had a better system. They knew exactly what needed to be done, and they did it, okay? Everyone has goals, everyone has hopes, everyone has dreams, right? but it comes down to the system that you have, okay? Um, But some of you might be sitting here today and be like, listen, Pastor John, this is great, this is awesome, but I don't like systems. I don't have systems. I'm more of a free spirit kind of person, like whatever happens, happens kind of thing. I don't really follow rules or regulations or whatever. I just. But here's the thing. Everyone has a system for everything they do. You maybe just don't pay attention to it right? Like your free spiritness is a system. It's how you run your life. Everyone has a system for everything that they do. So if you want to have good goal or good habits, establish a good system. Point number two is this. Uh, Make it obvious. Make your habit obvious. Make what you're trying to accomplish obvious to yourself. If you want to change what you do, you have to change what you see. I'll give you a prime example, and I'm going to be vulnerable here for a second, so um, please be gentle. But I'm not a consistent teeth brusher. Oh, now it's quiet. Okay, cool. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Sorry. I hope I didn't offend someone. Forgive me. But I'm not a consistent teeth brusher. I'm not. Okay? And so, and so, some of you are judging me right now, and I'm just going to go over here. Okay? So, so what, what did Angel and I do? Okay. We have this toothbrush thing that sticks on the mirror, the, the bathroom mirror. So so when I get up and I go take a shower and I and I drive myself off, I look at the mirror and I see the toothbrush and it stares back at me into my soul. Says, If you don't use me, bad things will happen. No. But like it's obvious. It's, I, see it, I see it every time I go into the bathroom. It's right there. I'm not very consistent in taking my vitamins. So what do I do? I put my vitamins on my nightstand. So after I brush my teeth and I put on my flat clothes, okay, I, I walk out the door, I see all my vitamins that I have to take. So what I do is I, I, I stand there for about five seconds, I take out all the, all the vitamins, I put them in my hand, I put them on the kitchen table, right? Whatever you're trying to do, whatever you need to do, make it obvious. If you are struggling with your Bible reading, one of the things that I do that I've been doing for a while, I put all my devotional stuff on my desk. That way, I don't have to run around the house looking for it. Okay. If you are, excuse me. If you are trying to have better health, uh, one of the things that Angel and I do is we put out fruits and vegetables out on our counter. And it's before all the cabinets filled with all the bad snacks that I probably really should throw away. Right? So, so before I get too far, I can make a choice before I get to the bad stuff. Whatever you're trying to do, make it obvious. Okay? You know, some of you might be thinking, but this gives me anxiety. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Okay? Remember what we talked about earlier. Your identity is in Christ, not in your performance. And you have to learn to see this as preparation. This is preparation for big moments. And also, you succeed not because you did the task. Like, yay, I'm a rock star, I read my Bible, right? It's not that. Yay, I made my budget. Yay, I ate kale instead of Oreos, right? It's not about that. It's you become successful because you decided to honor God instead of honoring yourself or someone else. That's really the crux of this whole thing. We want to honor God, so make it obvious. Last point is this, and then I'm done. Make it easy. Make your habit easy. Make your changes easy. Your new habit does not need to be impossible. You do not need to go beast mode on your goal day one, okay? If you're, if, you know, like if you're trying to be healthy, right, and you're trying okay, the goal is not, okay, I need to work out six days a week. I need to eat X amount of calories. I need to eat all my vegetables. I need to drink all my water. I need to get all, listen, it's insane. Pump the brakes. You'll be fine, okay? You have a whole year. Do one simple thing every day. One of the things I'm working on to, to get back is, is I need to drink my water. Okay? And I've learned this, and I haven't told Angel this because I'm kind of embarrassed by it, and I think she's going to make fun of me and spread this around church. So, but for some reason, I drink more water out of a squeeze bottle than a regular cup. I just don't know. I have no idea why. I have no, don't ask me to explain it because I have no idea. Okay? So what I did was is I got this big, giant uh, squeeze bottle, and honestly, I drink way more water with that bottle than I do a regular like, tumbler. Okay, I do that because it's for some reason it's easy for me to do. Maybe it's because I get to like squirt it into my mouth and I get to feel like I ran a marathon. I don't know, but there's just something about it. Okay, what would be something easy for you to do? Maybe something easy for you to do uh, when when you're making a budget. It's just to know how much you spent. Right. Maybe, maybe if you're trying to, to be more consistent in your Bible reading, make it easy. Read one verse a day. Make it simple. And then progress from there, right? Don't stay at the one verse a day, right? Because eventually, hopefully, you're going to have this craving to know more and more and more from the Word of God. But start small. Start easy. If you're trying to work out, don't, don't try and work out five days a week. That's tough. That's, most people don't do that. But you can start by walking 20 minutes every other day. Maybe, maybe uh, something simple for your, for your finances is making a budget every single month. Maybe uh, for, for your, for, uh, your uh, walk with God, maybe showing up uh, to church every other week. Or maybe trying out a small group, right? Or maybe you're trying to be more relational and more outgoing. You don't need to be best friends with everyone, okay? But maybe inter- stepping out and introducing yourself to someone new, right? Or maybe you're trying to become more evangelistic and sharing your faith, right? Maybe, maybe you just need to invite someone to church once a week. Don't blow this up. You don't need to save the world. Jesus already did that, Okay? Do easy steps that are obvious. And you can do do a thing known as habit stacking. Habit stacking is you're basically connecting one habit that you already do that you are successful at with one that you're maybe not so great at. So so in your notes, if you're wanting to do this, you just have to simply uh, structure it this way. I will do X after I X. I will do X after I X. So an example of this. I will brush my teeth after I shower. Every single time. If I take a shower, I automatically brush my teeth. Okay? Um, I will drink my coffee after I take my vitamins. I don't get to drink coffee until I take my vitamins. Okay? Another example. I read my Bible after I watch the news with Angel. So if I watch the news, every morning Angel and I watch the news. Because so, so, we want to know what's going on in the world. So I spend some time with Angel. We hang out. We talk. Okay? Uh, and then after that, I go and read my Bible. Stack your habits together. You get this from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Okay, um, He talks about this. So if you're trying to incorporate a new habit into your daily life, stack it with something that you already consistently do. Make it easy. Make it obvious. And that way you will build a good system. Uh, as I close today, I want to challenge you with this. Never underestimate small beginnings. Some of you, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a bit of a struggle. It's going to be like, oh, when will I be good at this? Or when will this, like, become a part of my life? Don't underestimate small beginnings. Zechariah 4.10 says this. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Every time you get up and you decide to do something, it's like, hey, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. God's cheering you on. So so if your Heavenly Father is pleased with you, please don't beat yourself up because you slipped. And don't try and rush it. Because sometimes when we rush, things, things don't pan out the way we do. So I'm going to pray. We're going to dismiss. And uh, we will continue on. Lord God, we thank you for today. I pray that you would uh, be with each and every one of us as we try and make ourselves... Uh, more honoring of you, God. Lord, we want to honor you with everything. And I just pray right now that that we would continue to seek after you. I pray that we would continue to to make things obvious. I pray that we would make them easy so that we can be ready for these big moments, God. Lord, we thank you for never giving up on us. We thank you for never uh, throwing us away, God. Lord, you believe in us and you trust us. And Lord, I pray that out of that love for us, God, that we would continue to honor you every single day. In Jesus' name. And the church said?